Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Uh, family, whenever you, whenever we have uh, a young adult such as this kind of just come up and grab a mic and start to pour into you, relax and just know that it's probably one of our youth from 10 or 11 years ago. Amen? Amen, because God has blessed us so incredibly that, and it's nothing that, you know, I don't take any credit for it, but God has blessed us so incredibly that so many of the people that we work together in ministry are just world changers. They're all over the world doing things. And Josanne's one, and, and she's going to just tell you about kind of what she's involved with. Hi. Okay. So how many here are just sick of sexual immorality in this generation, sick of drugs, sick of all the things that attack our youth and we sit here and do nothing about it. We just sit here and we complain. Our youth is like this. Our generation's like this. They're so rebellious. But um, I don't know if you know, 40 years marks a new generation. And in 1967, I think, um, marked a new generation. And that happened to be the year of the hippie movement. And also the year the Beatles came out and they released the sound onto the earth. And I don't know if you know, if I say praise the Lord forever, that sound echoes throughout the earth forever. But they released a spirit through their music, through the hippie music of sex, drugs, pornography. And these things are just going on and on and on for time. And um, this summer, July 7, 707, um, marks a new generation. It's 40 years. So what we want to do, we've rented out the Titan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. Why Nashville? Because Nashville is the capital for music. It's where, it's where rebellion was born. So we're asking 100,000 people, youth, older people, everyone to come and pray and fast. And we divorced God 40 years ago. We divorced his laws and we, we replaced him with sex. We replaced him with drugs. We replaced him with all this music that just is going on to this day. So what we want to do is come together and divorce all of that and remarry, remarry the Lord and release a new sound into the earth, a sound that overtakes rebellion, a sound that overtakes drugs, a sound that overtakes all this stuff that marks our youth and give them something real. There's too much, there's too much, you need to do this, you need to do that. There's too many rules. Let's stop playing by the rules because the world isn't playing by the rules. They're not playing fair. And, I don't, and, and Satan, he just copies everything. Like, I don't know if you heard about it, but Al Gore is actually running out the, the giant stadium, and he's trying to mobilize 100,000 people to come to, um, to raise awareness for global warming. Like, he's trying to get all these people. It's like the humanistic side of how to save the earth. But the reality is the way to save America is pray. Get the church together and pray and release a new sound, a sound that's going to, just mark this generation because I'm sick of it. I am sick of watching our youth sit in. I stand here and I stand here as a young person because I know the power of God. And the only way they're going to see that is if we church, if the church comes together and, and we have become a church of, that's your ministry. That's your ministry. But we need to be a nameless, faceless church. We need to be one body. And it's not Benny Hinn's ministry. It's not Toronto or Morning Star or the cause. We are one body. We need to unite with the Baptists, the Pentecostals, all these people, and come together and release a new sound. And if, and if you can't come, um, you can also go on the internet. It's going to be blasted. Like you can, can just pray with us on that day and just remarry the Lord. Remarry, divorce Baal, divorce junk. And um, that's it. So. <laughs> Yeah. One thing that the call and them have done, and, and a lot of, of, of her, I think she probably did, and a lot of, all of, a lot of our old young people, is that they've gone and, and stood on our old young people. You guys understand what I'm talking about. A lot of our old young people, that makes sense to me, have gone and, and they've, they've stood where the laws are made in Washington, and they've stood there, and, and they stand a couple hundred with duct tape on their mouths, so it's silent protest, and on the, on the duct tape it says life. 
and is just standing for life, um, giving a voice to the voiceless, to the, to, you know, they were standing against abortion. And it's just, man, it, we, we need it. It's, it's, come on, quick, quick. Um, this week, this past Monday, I believe they passed the law banning partial abortion. And I don't know if, if you know, it's like you can be nine months pregnant and still have an abortion. Like, it was still legal. And um, they banned that. And we really believe, like, that's the first step into ending abortion in America. And I forgot to say something. <laughs> um, like, you know how the hippies did and they, they just went out and they did, like, Woodstock? We're actually, after the call, we're heading up buses, and we're going to go all across America setting up tents. We're going back to the grassroots days, setting up tents and bombarding cities. And if you guys want to come, then you can come too. And also, there's been, like, this word of, of a tidal wave. I don't know if you guys know, but, like, when, wa the, when waves are coming in first, the wave goes back. And, and, like, there's been this thing of, like, we've all had these dreams. We all have these things that we want to do. But it's, like, as the years go on, the further back, we, we get from our, our calling or whatever we think it is. But it's like the Lord lets it go back because want, he wants the wave to go back so that when it comes up, the, um, the impact is stronger. And um, that's just, we feel like that that's coming now. Like that's going to be this season. And we're just going to go and bombard these cities. And we're, we're going to take the musicians. And all these doors are opening up for musicians everywhere. Like people are, are it's just a release into the secular media. It's insane how many people are getting sign how many people are getting contracts and all this stuff and, it, and it's coming and the Lord's going to change America through the media he's redeeming these things and we need to stand up as a church and pray for them Amen. I was getting this picture during worship, and sometimes I like to dance, I like to jump around, and sometimes I, I, I start to, I, you know, when, when I let my flesh take over, I start to get a little self-conscious, and I say, man, there's probably visitors here today, I don't want to offend them, or what are they going to think, you know, when they see me jumping all around, and, or when they see people acting a fool up in here, and then I started thinking, and, and then God showed me, you know what, and, and let me prove to you, how, how many of you like horror movies? Right? You, or, and even if you don't like them, you've seen them, right? And I'm sure it's very easy for you to identify somebody possessed by an evil spirit, right? Easy, right? It, it's just, it, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, and, and, and there's this power and, you know, they touch things and things fly across the room. You know, they, we have this picture of, of this, all this power of someone possessed by an evil spirit. And, and priests are scared of them in the movies. And it's like, oh, the ominous and, and, and we have this thing like we're powerless against this one person possessed by this little evil spirit. And I, and I say we, we the, the world and the church has such a picture of what a person possessed by an evil spirit is. What does a person possessed by the spirit of God look like? An evil spirit who's a speck on the butt of an ant in comparison to my God. So, so we know what the speck, you understand, um, possess somebody. We know what that looks like. Imagine the spirit of the living God possessing someone, which the word says once you believe he's in us, the Holy Spirit is in us, meaning that I'm possessed by the spirit of God. That's a whole nother message, right? That's a bonus. All right, you guys know how we do. Let's show our visitors some love. Everybody get up. In this church, there is a two-hug minimum. You have to get two hugs before you're seated. If you don't get two hugs, you have to just get thrown out of here because you don't belong. So go love on some people.
Amen, amen. Make sure, make sure everybody got a hug. Look around, look around. Make sure new visitors get a hug. All right. All right. Come on, come on. We're getting, we're getting a late start, but I won't apologize for that. Amen. I just wanted to make mention so that you would think that maybe I'm going to be a little more courteous with the time here and cut it short and stuff. And so you'd think you'd get out to lunch on time. If lunch still matters to you, you're probably in the wrong place anyway. Well, all right, here we go. We are in part three of a, of a sermon series entitled Risking Church. And, and, and if this is your first time for us, risking church simply means imagine belonging to a place where you can be fully known and still accepted. Fully known and still accepted. A place where, where we can be ourselves and still love ourselves. Amen? And, and a, a place where we don't have to be phony, where we don't have to pretend, where we don't have to use Christian lingo when we speak to each other, where we don't have to speak in verses, where we don't have to speak in oh, the Lord, well, the Lord is good as my strong tower, and, and, and we don't have to, you know, I'm feeling sick, oh, no, brother, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. My, you know, a, a word where we can just be real and just be with each other, still be accepted and be fully known and still be God's children. Amen. So, so this is, this is sermon, and, and in case you've missed those, we've had a, um, through technology, like Sal was saying, sometimes it fails us, and sometimes we use it beautifully. Um, every message that you hear here, if you don't get the tape, if you don't get a CD the week after, you can also hear it all week on the internet, on our website, or on the MySpace website. And last time I looked, we're getting 50, 60 hits, and so people are downloading sermons. Amen. Just to let you know that that's there, so you can... So you can, um, if you miss it, you can kind of catch up. Amen? So today, today's message, Risking Church, as I was working on last week's message, and, and in case you weren't here, last week's message ended with the washing of some feet. Amen? I'm, I'm still trying to get that scent off my hands. From, no, I'm kidding, brother. It ended with the washing of some feet. And... As I was preparing for that message, I knew that in my room, I had this basin and this pitcher. And so in my head, I said, man, that's the perfect, that looks like something Jesus would use. You know, it was just like, it looks old-fashioned, it looks antique. And, and I said, man, that's, and so throughout the week in my head, I kept telling my wife, just remind me, we got to take the pitcher and the basin. And so I had that all set, and that's in my head. All I need is a towel, and just don't forget that. Don't forget that. And okay, so I'm good. And so then it's Sunday morning, and I'm getting dressed, and I, I look at the pitcher and the basin on the floor, and I said, okay, I just got to dust that thing off, because, you know, things in the room sometimes get, get a little dust, you know, right? And so I pick up the pitcher to dust it, and as I'm dusting, I see, I say, man, this, this joint is broke. I mean, it's busted. It, it has cracks. And, and I said, man, it, this, is, this is not going to work for my illustration. I said, this thing is all cracked up. I can't use it because it's broken. I'm going to let that hover. There, there, if I fill this with water, there'd be too many leaks. And I'd have to keep filling it for it to stay full. So I said, I can't use this. Because it's broken. I can't use this. This is no good. It is not usable for me. How many of you are so glad that God's ways are not my ways? Aren't you happy that even though to us, pouring something into a broken vessel is just a waste of whatever we're pouring, right? We wouldn't, we wouldn't pour, right? Those of you you like, if you like your soda, you like your wine, whatever it is that you got, right? You wouldn't pour the stuff that you like into a broken vessel because you'd waste some, Right? And so when you're thinking, this is useless, that's what I said. And so I left it. As a matter of fact, my wife said, okay, we'll throw it away. And so then midweek, in preparation for this sermon, I remember texting her. I said, honey, did you throw away that picture yet? Because God started showing me something. I said, I need that broken picture. I don't want to have to buy another picture and break it. 
Because sometimes when we go with our own ideas, then we waste more, don't we? we? We don't use what we have, so I have to go and get more to waste more. Oh, man, there's a lot of message coming out. So, because, um, you know, in our minds, you're broken. It's a waste of whatever we're pouring. It's time-consuming. It's a burdening responsibility. And depending on how broken the vessel is determines how much time and attention it will need to be filled. How many of you have slow leaks in one of your two of your tires? Whoa, that's too many hands, man. Come on, guys. Right? And, and, and I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty. What do we do? Every four or five days, we fill it. Right? Not Freddie. Freddie get a brand new tire that day. He's serious about his truck. But the rest of us, a slow leak is fine. If it lasts us four days, five days, still, we don't have to change that joint. It's fine. It's still holding what it needs to for the time being. So it doesn't cost us too much to stop at a gas station, put in two quarters, and, and fill it up. But now, if the tire had a big gash in it, if it had a big nail in it, then we'd have to constantly, if we start filling it every day, then that would be a waste of our time, right? Or then, you know, maybe those of us sometimes that, that still think a little ghetto, maybe we'll, we'll take one of those generators that you plug into the car and the air things, and you attach it to the tire and plug it into your lighter. Been there? But I, hopefully you've never driven around with that thing connected so that it would still fill it. Because that would be a little ridiculous, right? Because depending, depending on how broken the vessel is determines how much time filling it would require. Here's my quote. You know, I always got a quote for you. Charles Spurgeon. You, I knew you'd like that one. Our sufficiency is of God. Let us not practically enjoy this or let us practically enjoy this truth we are poor leaking broken vessels and the only way for us to keep full is to put our pitcher under the perpetual flow of boundless grace then despite its leakage oh that's good the cup will always be full to the brim so if the cup is broken and leaking we always have to stay in the flow. Unless you're Jordan's age, your cup is probably broken and leaking. Can anybody testify? Can any of you say, yeah, this clay pot has a chip or two. This clay pot has Gorilla Glue in some parts. This clay pot has some duct tape on it. It has seen better days. Amen? Unless you're Jair's age or Jordan's age, pretty much we're done. We've been dropped a couple times. Maybe even them. It shows up when they're teenagers. It's scary, but. So, depending on how, I can't stop saying that. Depending on how broken the vessel is determines how much time filling it will require. And while we don't think that way because we see it as a waste of our limited resources, God, who is limitless, sees it as a way to pour out not only to fill you, but to fill you and to fill through you. Oh, this is, this is it gets better. See, God wants to use your brokenness. What a revelation. All of us want to be fixed. But God says, no, I'm not fixing some stuff because I want to use your brokenness. I got you where I want you. He wants to use your brokenness, your flaws, your not-so-good patches. He wants to, to use that to bless me. God wants to use those broken places to pour out to me. So if you turn to somebody, say, you were broken for me. Tell somebody, you were broken for me. And, and, and you could turn that around and turn around and say, I was broken for you. Oh, man, if we understood community... If we start to understand community, then you'll realize that it's not, it doesn't, it's not the, the preacher up here hearing from God and pouring into every one of you. 
That's not community. Community is God pouring into us, and then from our broken places, other people get blessed. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to show you that illustration in a minute. I haven't tried it yet. I pray it's going to work, but, but if not, you're going to have to just help me picture that. So the title of this message is just broken for me because we got we to gotta take that internal and, and make it personal broken for me. One of, if, you, if you know me, if you've been around me long enough, you'll know one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite stories in the, in the Word of God comes from 2 Kings. It's about the widow and the oil. I've probably um, shared it and I've probably uh, just preached from it a lot of different times. It just, it, I just love that story. It just means something to me. And now in the light of this series, I'm reading it not just for me. I'm reading it from the context of community. And when you read the Word of God in community, it changes. When, when you start reading the Word of God as, as not just, this is for me, this is for me, this is for me. Just like we are with everything else, selfish, greedy, right? Mine, mine, mine. It's mines. We invented that. It's mines. And, but when we start reading the word as it was meant to be read in community, do you know that's how they read the word in the old days? It, wasn't, it was read in community. People would come to the temple and the word would be read. It was, re- it was meant to be read in community, not personal. That whole personal relationship with Jesus and personal, that whole personal thing came later with the Western world. When, when we just look at everything with our greedy eyes. The word of God was a community thing. And that's what we're trying to get back to. At least here and, and in a, a lot of places. So let me just read that story with, with you because I, I love this story. Here's how it goes. It's really short. It's in 2 Kings 4, and it says, One day the wife of a man from the Guild of Prophets called out to Elisha. He said, she said, uh, your servant, my husband, is dead. And, and you well know that what a good man he was and how devoted to God he was. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on the way to collect my two children as slaves. That wasn't an evil thing. That was the way things were. If you owed in that day, if you owed in a substantial debt and you couldn't pay it back, you wouldn't get all the phone calls from Capital One and, and from Washington. No, they would come and take something of yours. Could be your children, your wife. They'd take something of yours and put them to work as slaves or sell them as slaves. That was fine. That was legal. Okay, so, so you understand what's happening here. So he was in debt. He was in debt. He died. And now she's a widow. She has two sons. And they're coming to take the sons to pay off that debt. So, Elisha says, I wonder how can I be of help? He's like, what am I supposed to do about that? She's coming to the prophet of God, and he's like, what am I supposed to do about that? And and he says, tell me, what do you have in your house? And she says, nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. What's in your bank account? Nothing. What do you have under the mattress? Nothing. I even sold the mattress. She got nothing. She said, I'm broke. And then she says, oh, I I mean, I have a little oil. Here's what you do, said Elisha. Go up and down the street. I love this. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls from all your neighbors. And not just a few. The message says, all you can get. Go to your neighbors and borrow jugs and pots. All you can get. How many is that? A lot, a lot, a lot, okay? All you can get from all your neighbors. Then he says, come home, lock the door behind you and your sons and start to pour that little bit of oil that you had and start to pour it it into each container. And when each is full, set it aside. She did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the containers to her, and she filled them. And when all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, another jug, please. And he said, that's it. There are no more jugs. Then the oil stopped. Oh, that's it. You should go home. Y'all can't handle more. You ain't ready for more. As soon as there were no more jugs, the oil stopped. And, and the, 
you have to think about her, her place and put yourself in her place. For some of us, it's easy. We got nothing. For some of us, it's easy. We, we are constantly avoiding the phone because Capital One is going to be there. Because the collector from this place is going is to be on that phone. Because this one is calling. How many of you had your relatives called because you owe money and they're calling your relatives? Anybody? Don't put your hands up. I don't embarrass you. But I've had my friends called. Because, you know, sometimes when you fill out an application, they ask you for, uh, you got to put a friend's name. I've had my friends, you want to be embarrassed when your friends get called? Say, listen, uh, George, Capital One called me and said that you owe the money. And then, I'm, oh, man, that's bad news, right? So if you put yourself in her position and then you, you, you and, and, and the prophet that you're going to, because he's a prophet of God and your man was a, your, your husband was a man of God. And you're like, man, I shouldn't be, you know, I, it, what's wrong with this picture? God is the supplier. He's the Yahweh. He's, he's Elohim. He's, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. He's, he provides all my riches and glory. And, and what's up with all that? I'm broken. They're coming to take my sons. And the prophet says, go and get jugs and, and, and pots and then lock yourself in your house and fill it with oil. And you can imagine her having like, like a quarter of this full of oil. Because she said, I got a little oil. She wasn't like, a, she didn't have a big Crisco pot of, you know, to, to deep fry chickens in. She had a little bit of oil. Some, some uh, commentators think that was the little bit of oil that she had left for her anointing for burial. That's just for her when she dies. So, so there wasn't, she didn't have a lot. So imagine in her head him saying, go and borrow as many, as much as you can get from your neighbors and then lock yourself up and start to pour your oil into them until they're full. Some of us, if we look in the wrong way, we'll go out and get, how many pots would you get? Right? If, if we walk in doubt and if we walk in, in fear and if we walk with insecurity and with unbelief and if we don't have eyes of faith, we'll go, why even bother to go to the neighbor? I'll get the big oil that we make the rice in and I got the pots. Lock the door and I'll pour my little bit of oil into it. And now imagine what would have happened when that big, you know that big aluminum pot that us Puerto Ricans make the rice in? The real big one when we make it for parties, right? That it makes like a bag of rice, right? Imagine if she took that little bit of oil and filled that whole pot. And then we're like, oh, snap. I should have got more pots. Right? For some of us, we wouldn't have. Because you know why? It's embarrassing to go to your neighbors and to go ask for stuff. Because then you're saying, I don't have. I need help. It's like asking for money or stuff. It would be a prideful thing that would stop us from getting more stuff. But he asked her, what do you have in your house? Because whatever it is, God can use it. And, and that's a message in itself for you. What do you have? If she would have said, all I got is a, a little bit of corn, she she, God would have made her into Orville Redenbacher, and she would have had the first popcorn popping biz, multi-millionaire business. You understand? Whatever it was, if she said, I only have some frijoles, then she would have been the first, you know, bean pie selling. I mean, you, you understand what I'm saying? She would have had a whole chain of, she would have owned golden crust and she would have, because whatever it is that you have, God can use. Whatever it is, what's in your house? When it came time to feed the 5,000, Jesus asked the disciples, what do we have? And the disciples looked around and said, Jesus, send them home because it would take a year's wages to feed all these people. He said, well, and Jesus said, well, what do we have? And Jesus said, we got one little boy with a Scooby-Doo lunchbox. He's got a couple of fish and some bread. Well, Jesus said, well, then everybody in this place is going to have a Scooby snack and be filled. And we're going to take up leftovers and we're going to have more in the end than what we started from. Because God's supply is endless. And whatever it is you have, he can use. What's in your house? She had a little oil. And God was about to test the faith of that widow and increase the faith of her sons and increase the faith of a whole community. What do you mean? What? This is truth. God was about to increase the faith of a whole community. She could have she went around and gotten two or three jugs and came back, you know, whatever. She could have went to just the vecina that she was close to and said, listen, give me some oils and some stuff. Give me the coffee pot. And yeah, I'll take that one. And because it was humiliating to, but he said, go to all your neighbors and ask. 
for as much as you can get. That means she had to humble herself and, and let people know that she was. Now listen, church, we're not good at that, are we? We're not good at that. We're not good at We're real good at faking church. We're real good at faking everything. We're good at coming and saying, bless the Lord. Amen. God is faithful. Well, if God is faithful, how come your bills aren't paid? If God is faithful, how come you don't have a job yet? Right? And, and sometimes God does that to us because he has to bring us to the place of brokenness because he wants to use our brokenness. Amen? God doesn't want us to be fixed. So many of us want to be fixed. When we, when we talk about fixing cats, and what, what are we talking about? We're talking about removing their power to multiply. And we, oh, y'all didn't get that. How many of you want to get fixed now? How many of you want your power to multiply removed? No, you want the, the ability to have seed. You want the ability to have seed to plant and seed that would grow and seed that would flourish and seed that would pay. Amen? But so we don't want to be fixed. God said, let me use your brokenness and right through your brokenness, I'm going to bless you and bless everybody near you. Woo. But we're good at faking it. And it's so incredible. He didn't tell her, you got to have more faith, sister. You, you know, you, you got to have more faith. You just got to believe. Maybe you should pray more. Maybe you should read the Bible more. Maybe. He said, no, go to your community and get help. Go to your community and get help. Church, this is our ohana right here. This is our community. God has blessed us with all different shades of faces with all different people from different cultures. Isn't it beautiful that we don't all look alike? Isn't it beautiful that we're different, that we speak different languages, that we have different levels of education, that we understand things differently, that we see things differently? See, the church is a place for natural enemies gather. That was just for me, I guess. Okay. Imagine the effect on the faith level of that community when, when, when uh, she had to return all the jugs full of oil or she had to go explaining to the neighbors, listen, I'm going to bring your pots back, but right now they're overflowing with oil. So I just got to sell the oil and I'm going to bring your pot back. Do you want to buy some oil? I'll give you a discount. Since you lent me the pot, I'll give you a discount. So can you imagine the lady that had nothing now is, is selling oil at a discount to all her community? Can you imagine the effect that that had? The story, we always think about her and how blessed. But can you imagine the effect that that had on a community? To be fully known and yet be accepted. Can you imagine now how, do, do you think there was anybody in that community that didn't want to serve the Lord now? Or at least was curious? Or at least wanted to find out a little bit more about this oil producing God? I bet you everybody, she could have started a house church. She probably did. We don't know. She, she could have started a house church. Said, listen, from now on Sunday, we're going to call it the, the oily, oily Christian whatever, right? Abundance. That, that might have been like the first church of abundance or something. First whatever. It probably was one of those first churches, right? Because everybody in the community, I, I know I would, if that happened to my neighbor, I'd be knocking on the door. Neighbor, so Bessina, tell me how that happened. How that happened? Give us all. Right? I'd be curious. What do, you, what do you mean that that little bit of oil you had, it just filled all the oyas up? How'd that happen? Right? Wouldn't you? I would. How'd that happen? Well, the prophet told me, and just like that? And your son, can you imagine? You think those sons will ever backslide? You think those sons will ever have not have faith in God? You think those sons will ever be like rebellious and wilding out? I don't, oh, I don't trust you, God. I don't know. Those sons got their hinds saved from slavery. They were going to get sold into slavery. You know what a master does to a slave? Think about it ugly today. Ugly. I'm sure everything wasn't all holy back then either. Right? So think of the, uh, the extortion, the abuse that could have that happened to those boys. Those boys know full well, God saved me.
So God chooses a young boy with a bag lunch to feed a whole community. And he chooses a widow left with two sons and creditors blowing up her phone. And he makes her a supplier of oil to the community. He uses everyday jugs, cracked, broken, flawed, some old, some young. You were broken for me. 2 Corinthians 4, God says, let, it says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has made his light shine in the hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory in the face of Christ. But we have these treasures of, in, we have these treasures in jars of clay. You need to understand this. To show that his all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. God fills us with his indescribable riches and glory, and he puts all of that in an ordinary pot. Wow. Can you imagine God's riches and glory in one ordinary Puerto Rican? I mean, I mean can, you, can, you, can you imagine that? Put that, you know, in your culture, in your race, in, in one little Nigerian, in, in one oversized Dominican, in one, I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Can you just, just limit it to just you, to just your people group, to just your community? And God puts all of this indescribable riches in somebody with a stuttering problem and a, one leg shorter than the other. He puts it in jars of clay, in broken vessels. Because so that we don't rely on us, on the vessel, we rely on, on the source. Jair. going (laughs) they left clay pots you know they used this story in that time to under so that people would get it clay pots were the average daily pots of that time it was the daily pots that everybody used they were they were your your regular how many of you have like your daily plates right when we're not using paper plates amen but but i mean like the secondary daily plates when there are no paper plates Right? When you run out, when you go to the cabinet, there's no paper plates. Ah, that's when you bring out the mix match set, right? Like two blue, one green, one glass, one plastic. It's a mix match set. You would never serve guests on those plates, but those are the average plates. If, you, if you're like me, you, I have some blue ones, I have a, a whole mix, and they're chipped, they're cracked. Come on, right? Let's be real. They're chipped, they're cracked, and only when they completely fall apart do we throw them out. So, so God is saying those daily pots, we have this treasure stored in those everyday clay pots. And for us, it seems foolishness. Why would God put something so valuable in something so invaluable we could feel today? Why would God put something so indescribable in something so messed up? Anybody ever felt messed up? Like, God, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve the grace of God. I don't deserve the love of even my wife. Forget about the love of God. I don't deserve the love of my friends. You ever feel just messed up? God says, I put my indescribable riches in those messed up pots. And for us, it's foolishness. And if you back up in 1 Corinthians, it says, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast. Amen? It's not about you. It's about God. And, and when it comes to you, for God, it's all about you. But then it's all about not just you. It's all about what God can pour into you and pour through you. You understand? It's about being broken so that you can be full. This is for my young people. This is why I'm full. This is why I'm full. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm full. I'm full because I'm broken. You ain't because you not. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm full. 
You better sing that differently from now on. You like that one? You like that one, Candace? See, if you allow God to pour into you and pour into those broken places, let me get this illustration rolling. Joe, would you come up? Yeah. Joe, Joe's going to be God. I want you to stand up on there. I want you to stand up there and look like a big Greek statue with the, with the water jug. Yeah. Larry, would you come? I want you to stand right here and hold this guy. Come, come around here so they can see our pretty broken pot. I want you to start to pour just a little bit. Start to pour into that thing just a little bit. Okay, okay, there's a leak. There's a leak, my brother. Come here. Come here. Come on, get, get that, start to fill that up. Turn around so everybody can see you're getting filled up there. All right, get that thing filled up. See, God is pouring. Oh, man, come on, keep filling it, keep filling it. Keep filling that thing up. Yeah, right there is good. Wait, you got a leak because you broken too. I picked the wrong guy. Um, why don't you come? You come right there. And you kind of catch where it's falling off of him. See, see, he's, he's leaking, so he can't stay full, and so, so you got to fill up. Oh, but you, you met, I picked a bad guy here too. Why don't you go and, 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 and go off of his leak there? Because we, we, we can't, we can't. Yeah, 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 there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. Hmm. Wow. That's a human fountain, and that's, 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 a, that's, that's, a, that's the Christian fountain right there. Keep it, keep it, I mean, that's just, if you would understand that, if you would understand that, church would be different. We would risk being, showing our brokenness. We would risk kind of trusting each other. We would risk and understand that through our brokenness, other people are getting full. And, and if, if, if our stuff is leaking out all the time, then we need to stay in the flow of it. Because God's source is endless. God's supply is endless. And, and all we need to do is get around some broken people. And, and if we get around enough broken people, we're going to get, get some, some of God's stuff flowing through them. And, and God will start to fill us. And look, look, he, he's almost full. But if he pulls away, he'll drain. Pull away. If he pulls away and, and if he stays out of that flow, he will soon be empty. Do, do, you, do you understand that? So you know how, how sometimes we don't feel like coming to church because we have so many issues? It, that means we're starting to dry up and we're starting to get hard. And so the worst thing you can do is separate from family because you need to be in the brokenness so that you can get some and get some all over. You need to get under that flow. You understand? You need to get under it. And, and if church would, would operate this way, the, this would continue and continue and continue. And it would branch off and branch off. Because, but, but now listen, listen. And, and this is crazy. This is crazy. If, if this guy here decided to hide his brokenness, She's cut off. If, if we fake it and, and hide our brokenness, then God can't flow through us and we get cut off. You understand what I'm saying? We, we get cut off. And what happens, what happened in the story with the widow when the jug was full, the flowing stopped. Go ahead, guys. You can put it down. Thank you. Amen. When, if we hide it, if we hide our brokenness, the flowing stops. And, and for too long, I'm sorry, no, bring me the bucket back. For, for, for too long, this is, yeah, put it right there, that's fine. 
See, for, for too long, we've, we've stopped relying on God. And, and what we do is just kind of scoop up what's already fallen and use it again. And scoop up and use it again. And scoop. But there's no more source coming in because we refuse to be broken. We refuse to be used. We refuse. We just want to take, take, take. We don't want to give out. And so this stops. God says the flowing stopped when the jugs were full. And so the rest of the church community will just keep doing this. Using the same stuff over and over again. How many of you know that church and everything else could get real stale? Right? If we kept doing this, this water would start to change color, right? It would start to grow things. It would start to be nasty. And pretty soon it would get to the point where you, I don't, you don't want none of that. Right? Because it gets stale and it gets nasty. Because God's word for yesterday is not for us to reuse and reuse and reuse and reuse again. God, there's seasons that we go through. And God leaves us in places for seasons. And then God pushes us for seasons. And some of us just want to stay in that one little good, feel-good season. And we want to live in this feel-good season in this stream forever. And so we, we just stay here. But what happens is the flowing stops. And if the flowing stops, then we just fake it and we just go get some more. All the recycled stuff. And, and it gets dead. You understand? That's why the Dead Sea is dead because it doesn't give out. It just takes and doesn't give out. So it's dead. Amen. Anointing. Flow. Some people are always wondering why there were so many revivals in the past. Why there were so many miracles in, in the past. How can we only hear about miracles in the past? Those real miracles about dead people coming to the life, you know, coming being woken up, about, about blind eyes open, about lame walking. We only hear it from the past, the revivals from the past, or in other countries, right? We, we could hear all day about testimonies about in Africa and in uh, South America and in other places where, where God is. All these miracles are flowing. Perhaps, perhaps the answer to that is there aren't enough broken vessels here that are willing to be poured into and through. Maybe there aren't enough communities that are willing to risk church. Maybe it's a pride thing. And that's why when people that are broken and are not ashamed of their brokenness, but are open with their brokenness, that's why God releases these miracles. And God releases, and the flow never stops. And when that flow just fills you, it, it, it's almost like a meter. You know, you get filled and filled and filled and filled. And when it hits the top, bing, miracle. And, and, and that miracle kind of takes everything you had out of you. And then you get filled and filled and full because God's supply is endless. And, and you stay in the flow. And when that thing fills up again, it tips over on somebody else somebody wakes up from the dead and and that and then you get more of God and you stay and it fills and fills and fills and fills and when that thing starts to pour over the person next to you that had cancer got healed and the tumor fell out of their body you, you understand what I'm saying it, it's a God thing and it comes through our brokenness not our I got it all togetherness because if you could handle it on your own don't come to church be on your own I'll see you in a few years when your life really stinks. Because you will be back because you can't do it on your own. You understand? But a lot of us have this thing. We have to do it on our own. And I've always done it on my own. And that's the way a man, especially men, that's the way. That's why the population of churches is mostly women. Because men, I know, I'm, I'm, I got to supply. I got to do, I do it on my own. I provide, I handle mine. And we fail miserably. And then only after we're a broken mess of clay pots that, that need so much Gorilla Glue that you don't even know what kind of pot it was, then we bring our sloppy broken vessels to church and we stand in the back and praying, God, touch me, do something. You know, I thought this place was for old ladies and women. Well, family, this, this series is over. But will you continue to risk being fully known? And can this be a place where we can be fully accepted? I want you to know today we're not going to serve communion. It's already been served. It's time to stop sitting back and start going after God. 
It's time for us to start confessing our sins to God, confessing our sins to another. It's time for us to start, start asking for forgiveness, start getting our broken, sorry vessels, and start letting God pour into us. And if your vessel is really broken, then you just need to understand that God has not given up on you. You just need to stay in the flow. Because if you're leaking out from everywhere... You cannot afford to be two seconds outside of the will of God. You'll dry up instantly. You understand? If you're really busted, if you're really broken, if you're really hurting, then stay in the flow and let God restore you. Let God patch some things up. Some things understand that God will leave broken because he wants to use our brokenness. But he won't leave us a mess. He don't want us to be a mess. Understand. God doesn't want us to be a broken mess of no good for nothing people. He just wants us to be broken people that acknowledge him and then let God work through us. We're still strong. We're still mighty. We're still more than conquerors. We're still no weapon formed against us can prosper. We'll still have the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We're, we're no less than anyone. We just understand that our source is in him and we want to stay in the flow. Stop blaming people. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming pastors. Stop blaming leaders. Stop blaming ministries. If you're not being fed and if you're feeling empty, get up and get under the flow. Amen? Communion tables are open. Come and be filled. He was broken for you. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.